Here we are with my man, Corey Allen. I don't even know what podcast number this is because I've taken so goddamn long <laughs> to get another one up. It's like 17 or something, but I don't even know. Yeah. But that's matter. all right because, look, we got a new studio. It's dope as fuck. It is. And yeah. we're ready to do some potting. Yeah, it's clean. It's crisp in here, man. That's right. A lot of wood, a lot of gold lot finishes. Of wood. We got yeah. plant. Yeah, all gold everywhere. Yeah. I learned that from my man, Trinidad James. <laughs> all gold everything, except yeah. for us, it's more like all wood everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, it's clean. I'm gonna get some uh, some wood uh, a wood grill to put in, man, like George Washington type <laughs> shit. <laughs> that's yeah. old school. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's well, older than old school. Like to do it, you know, a wood grill. Yeah, it's it's all yeah. cyclical, man, stylist. So I figure you know you get to go back a, a few extra steps mm-hmm. uh, before then you know the current turns. What kind of back. wood do you use? Got to use like hardwood, like ironwood. Um, you know what? I really like walnut. <laughs> <laughs> Walnut on my grill, yeah. dog. <laughs> That's what I, I made my wood uh, grain. I made this. I built this uh, forty-nine string instrument, and uh, I used a lot of walnut. A forty-nine string instrument. I'm That's crazy. excessive. No, it's not. <laughs> Let me tell you why, real quick. It's because <laughs> <laughs> the way I designed it was um, was that there's seven major notes. You know, A, B, C, D, F, G. Right. And uh, each one of those has four major strings, and then. Um, uh, three sympathetic strings, right? So then it's each note has seven strings per note, so you can get uh, like a timbral type of... Uh, dude, what are you talking about? A timbral <laughs> type? <laughs> sympathetic strings and yeah. timbral? Who do you think yeah. our audience is? Do you think we know what you're talking about, Corey? We have no idea. 49 just, strings, how do you yeah. keep them in... And how do you even know what you're playing? It's because... Oh, well, it's because, man, I designed this shit. So I mean, how much more pussy do you get playing a 49-string <laughs> instrument than a regular guitar? It actually works in negative integers. <laughs> it's so got kind, read, of, a, kind of a drying <laughs> agent to it. Uh, all, it doesn't matter, ma- male or female. If you bust it out in the room, uh, it does dry any, any body, mouth, you know, crotch, whatever. whatever. It, it dries it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but it's really it's it's great because Indian instruments like a sitar, a tambour, or something like that, they have main strings and they have sympathetic strings. And right. basically, what it is, the main strings are tuned to a certain pitch, and the sympathetic strings are tuned to a pitch that's a few cents off from that. So whenever you play it, you get like these vibrations right in between different um, different cents, different hertz. So it causes that type of buzzing you know celestial type of majestic type sound so is it like a harp or is it like a guitar i was no it's more like a dulcimer harp drone type thing i was calling (laughs) it the drone harp for a while the drone harp it's pretty crazy i've i've uh because it just kills anybody who's in the room dude for sure yeah 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 well i meant drone as in music like (laughs) but it also i like the drone (laughs) the drone harp yeah it's all in the 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 black and white of like the beautiful uh, harpness and then the e- blackness of the droneness. It's a nice little yin yang there, you know. Mm-hmm. Cause the, the beautiful uh, celestial sounds of the harp will, will kill you. Yeah, and people around you. Can you play it remotely? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course, man. <laughs> Just send it into a yeah, room and yeah. play it. Dry all the pussies up. In the room. Yeah, yeah. It's like your secret. It's like yeah. your secret weapon. Yeah, all music nerds will be. Uh, yeah. will be hot and. Excited. Hey, what's that? Someone was asking me, and I, I should probably just <clears> ask the Google. But you know that the aboga music? Mm-hmm. I think they have like a string in their mouth. And like, a string in their mouth? Yeah. Yeah. They play it like with their mouth. Oh, nice. And like, that's cool. Do you, know, do you not know what that is? I don't know what it's called. No. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Either. Let's ask the Google. I think it's um, a Bwiti Iboga musical instrument. Um. 
I don't know. We'll get back to people <laughs> on that. Yeah, man. Those the chief triumph- instrument is the eight. Oh, it just, it just denied me. Yeah, I mean, there's so many funky little tribal instruments, man. They just, yeah. I mean, what's what's cool about it is that they just use their surroundings and their relative to that place, you know. Yeah. So those dudes be like, oh, there's a like viscous blade of grass. I'm gonna <laughs> right. put that in my mouth and right. use it. But that's what trips me out about drums and stuff is that you think about. Like especially um, you know kind of Afro Brazil type drum stuff where or even Afro Cuban type drums where they just the fact that the humans had the sense to hollow out some wood and then put some goat skin over that and start thumping it you know yeah uh, and I've I've heard it said before and I really like the notion <laughs> put some goat skin over it and start thumping Dude, it that's, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's, that applies to so many things they've used that method they've used that method for years actually. yeah for sure. <laughs> But I, I like like the idea that in music, if you, you know, it's something I've kept in mind certainly writing music before, and, and if you, it translates to other music, is that something a, a rhythm that's beating faster than your heart will make you energized and excited, and a rhythm beating slower than your heart will make you calm and relaxed. And okay, so check this out. That's that's a general rule, mm-hmm. and um, but it's not exactly literal because the, the Buiti music, which is what I was going to chat with you about anyways, it's incredibly fast. Like the beats per minute yeah. are as like... It's a polyrhythm. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's it syncopated. Is. It's yeah. super... And because your heart rate is going so hard and mm-hmm. so fast already, you know, that it somehow relaxes you. Like it's any fun. kind of slow music at yeah. that point will tweak you out. Right. You know, you're like, well, It's because then it's in that type of disassociated state, you don't want negative space. Right, because negative space is like it's that's opportunity for your mind to go elsewhere. Well, and your mind is elsewhere. No, no, no. I mean, elsewhere, elsewhere, not <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> and so, what's cool about that is I've described like I listen to uh, like a lot of free jazz, and I have for a long time. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. And people say it's so crazy. You know, it, it sounds like chaos. It is chaos. It's chaos. Is that is that just a bunch of people playing instruments together? I mean, it is and just randomly playing it. No. no, but like not to a melody. Like no, when they're no. jamming, they're, you know, like they're just getting together and jamming. Hey, we're going to have a jam session, no, bro. No, no. I'm no, talking about no. like Sun Ra, oh. Pharrell Sanders, uh-huh. uh, you know, any of the Impulse guys, man. I, uh, they basically like they're personifying the chaos of the universe within music. It's like the most complex and amazing yeah, but music. Isn't one of the most interesting and beautiful parts of music is creating the harmony of the universe through music. Well, it is. I mean, that is the harmony, but you have to be open enough to be able to hear it. I right. mean, that sounds like elitist, but it's really not. It's nothing like that. It's it's a matter of like of comprehension and sound awareness, you know. Right. So you can hear. So it, how high do you have to be? <laughs> man, either way, I mean, either way, I suppose it depends on the vessel, you know, yeah. whoever's doing the listening. But uh, to me, you know, it sounds it's the, some of the most complex and interesting music that's available. Uh, but the thing about that is, you know, people have asked me, so it sounds so chaotic. And I said, no, to me, it's real, real relaxing. Like I can listen mm-hmm. to a Sun Ra record where he's got like, you know, 30, his orchestra, you know, which he had like 30 people in his group was, it was Sun Ra and then his orchestra, which it was the arc that was taking, he was from Saturn, Sun Ra was, and his orchestra was taking all of the, the black people back to Saturn. He was rescuing them away from the white planet. He's know? really high. Dude, he wasn't <laughs> high at all. He was he was like a Wait, savant. He's taking the black people to Saturn. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, back to Saturn, man. He was a visitor on planet you Earth. Can't tell me that he's I'm taking the black you. people back to Saturn and he's not high. He's not. He was he was like autistic, man. Um, I'm going to show you a picture, even though it's for the people listening. It's not very fun, but I just want you to see what you're dealing with, my friend. 
because I like Sun Ra so much, I just have pictures of him on my phone. Look at that guy. Yeah, he's high. Mr. Ra is Mr. Mystery. It's Mr. Mystery, man. His story is his history is his story, man. <laughs> he just robbed a, a costume shop and he's high as fuck. He's one of the greatest musicians of all time. Sun Ra. He's Sun Ra? Yeah. He's I'm amazing. gonna have to I'm gonna have to be the judge of that. Well, I have about ninety of his albums. If you Whoa, like, I can super I can, fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the point of all this is is that um is that you know it sounds like chaos. What if I just roll in say, straight up Anubis? Dude, be like, "Yo, Sun Ra, call <laughs> me Anubis. That's he, war, motherfucker." He would probably uh, try and feed you some cabbage and then talk to you about some <laughs> talk to you about Saturn for about four. What kind of cabbage? Minutes. The devil's cabbage? Just not raw, raw cabbage. You know, he actually would like. Yes, um, he would. <laughs> well, they had a, all of the orchestra. All the people lived together in the same house in Philadelphia, right? On Thornton Street, I'm a, uh, or Morton Street. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a, uh, before they went to Saturn, before they went to Saturn, yeah. And what they would do is that they would, he would actually cook a meal for each one of them independently, based on what he felt that they needed. You know, so Damn. he would basically talk to them, see where where their mind and their vibration was at, and then go cook a meal to to you know feed that proper vibration. And he would pair off people to sleep in the right rooms that he thought that their energies needed to be together in those rooms each night. He would sleep like three hours a night, uh, sometimes less. Since he had so many people in his group, he wrote all the music. So he would sit up, show everyone the music, and then while they were trying to figure it out and like practice it, he would sleep for three hours at his piano just with his head up. You know, when they were on tour, he would go into the space and uh, like look around at the size and the, and the the psychoacoustics inside of the space, and he would recompose all of the music, make little adjustments. And you were dealing with like 30 different people's right. music. He would sit there and rewrite it all, basing the reflections and the, and the changes in the room whenever people would be there. So each, each, each performance was tailored to that, the vibration. That He's space. either a total genius or a total kook. Uh, both. both. <laughs> yeah, both, for sure. He's like, I mean, I love him. Uh, he, there's, a, there's a great... Did he do all that in his uh, Egyptian god costume? Dude, of course. He didn't have anything else. Yeah, he, uh, there's a great, if anyone... Is he going to get buried with live he's servant dead. girls? He's uh, Did he get buried with live servant girls? I don't believe so. Well, I, there, he was kind of, he was asexual. Uh, so, could have been servant boys. Explains, yeah. Well, it explains a lot. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyone that's actually, the one person that's interested that's listening to this, uh, <laughs> and there's, a, there's an amazing book called Space is a Place. Yeah, uh, about him, and it's a. If you ever wanted to know anything about about Sun Ra, it's a great, great biography. I've read a couple of biographies about him, and it's it's the best. It's it's fantastic. Interesting character. Check it out. So anyway, See, so, so when you go deep down the sound wormhole, yeah. you find people like Sun Ra, Dude. like Corey Allen. Yeah, Corey yeah. Allen's deep down the sound <laughs> wormhole. I'm I'm so deep down the sound hole that uh, I think I've come out on the other side. <laughs> uh, but but the point of all that is is that. Music that's so complex and intense like that, that sounds like chaos. Someone's asked me, how, how is that relaxing? And it's same thing with intense, like polyrhythmic syncopated drums, like, like the mm-hmm. iboga drums. But what it is, is it's, it's like an like a, um, electric vibrator, something they would use on your shoulders or whatnot, right, right. Or, or wherever you like. Okay. Uh, I mean, the thing is moving really fast, but it's relaxing. Yeah. You know, the end of it is, but it still feels good on the muscle. And that's kind of how I think to me, uh, you know, something like free jazz or the syncopated tribal drums operates is it's fast and intense, but there's this through line through all of that that's got this, this grounded thing about it that is, is pleasurable. It's, uh, it's interesting, you know, I mean, it's music, some of it seems to hit all of us, you know, and everybody can feel something that that we like and it sounds good but then some 
just people have aversions to naturally, like mm-hmm. dubstep, for example. <laughs> yeah. You know, like some people will just categorically say, oh, that's fucking shit. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. But, you know, which is surprising to me because you get a good song like that and it'll actually, you'll feel it. It'll motivate <clears> you. And you, yeah. you know, kind of unleash some primal energies that a lot of other music has a difficulty reaching that level, at least for me, of that primal state. Yeah, try and lift weights to Leonard Cohen and yeah. then try and lift weights <laughs> right, to right, Dubstep and right. see what, you know, what gets you more pumped up. So, but, but it's interesting, though. You know, some people yeah. just can't, they can't stand it. They can't get past the mental yeah. aspect of it. There's two... I think there's the music is about resonances and I think that uh with that also comes um a cultural aspect of course so someone that would just the the notion that you what music you like is predicated upon genre is ridiculous yeah it's not a one in and one out that's like saying it's close to just being like I don't like white people I don't like <laughs> right. black people it's like what how could how many are you talking about that's a sweeping generalization have you met right. all of them that's like I love I've heard, I can remember who it was he was talking about Hitler you know saying that he you know didn't like Jewish people and obviously wanted to take them out it's like have you met all of the Jewish people in the world how many did you meet like a hundred a thousand yeah and you decided you know it's the same type of thing it's about resonances man and so people that say oh, I don't like that type of music they normally are saying that they don't like the culture surrounding that type of music because they've right. had some negative association with it predicated upon their own subjectivity like rap music like rap example. music like, dude yeah. I, I know everything i love rap music i grew up listening to it i know everything yeah. about it but you know um people like hate i know people that hate it and they think it's ridiculous but it's like why it's like the funnest music on the planet it's like great and <laughs> I for dry i think it's the best driving music because the push and pull of the kick and the snare love like uh-huh. every hip-hop beats where you get that boom boom sound uh-huh. for driving that's great because it's that's why people drive to it it's because the gas and the brake yeah. It's the perfect syncing for the push and the pull of being in a car. It rides with the music with the push and pull of the kick and snare, man, perfectly. And it's, it's fun to pop bottles, dude, too. Yeah, all of that, all of <laughs> it's that. It's fun dude. to be silly, man. You're in the club. Absolutely. You're doing, doing something the, silly the, anyways <laughs> in the strip club. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just fits. It's amazing, yeah. I mean, it's, it's I think in, in art, what we're, rap is a very sellable version of, um, the of of connecting with our deeper truth and primal self, you know, and some part of us that's that that is in there, you know, and maybe primal self. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm going to go down with you on the deeper self. It no. depends on what you mean by deeper <laughs> self. If you mean I deeper mean, back to the roots of our, you know, animal selves, our primate selves, yeah. that kind of raw, yeah. dominate, conquer, get richer, yeah. fuck your woman, <laughs> that kind of part of ourselves, but yeah. probably not our higher. Self. No, it's energy. It, that's yeah. what I mean about truth, energy. Yeah. Energy. And uh, so yeah, what they, do they call that Shakti. Found, yeah, Shakti, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was I was uh massaging my Shakti earlier, man. <laughs> Corey, prepared, we don't need to hear to, about that to shit. Get prepared man. For this is, this. My flashlight days are over. We don't need to be talking about massaging your Shakti. I wanted to blast up my spine and into my third eye. Um, if someone the, wants to blast up your spine <laughs> all the way into your third eye, that's, the, that's, that's not the I kind of dude you want to be uh, fucking with. That's how I do it. Uh also just uh uh a quick thing I, I remembered earlier that I was doing that I wanted to mention was a nice trick for people that are meditating or trying to, to uh, you know, um, uh, get in get in their zone is to actually uh, lick your finger and touch where your third eye is while you're trying to do some some uh, crown chakra opening meditation. It's an interesting trick because you've actually placed you can feel the wind in the cool spot touching uh-huh. your forehead. And you actually like get a, a, a place to focus on tactile right. for your third eye. It's a nice trick. I suggest trying it. Yeah, I actually use, um, I have like a little bit of essential oil that I use. And I do the same trick, but I just nice. don't like licking my fingers as a grown oh, man. Freeze, freeze your own. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, it does. It has the same effect. Say, it's a little. It's a little bit like finger. tingly. Yeah. And um. Yeah, and you can nice. feel the feel the air on. It's a cool. It's a cool trick. And even if you actually, I remember the uh, the Abuiti uh, shaman that I worked with the yeah. uh, the aboga with. He had like two, what seemed like chestnuts, right? And they had he had them both in his hands, and he put one on my third eye and he whacked the other one with it, and it made like a really loud like popping sound, mm-hmm. like pop, you know, and. Having that kind of sound and vibration sensation on there, it left like a memory of mm-hmm. that, and it kind of drew more attention to that. And then I was blasted off for it was a, a bruise. <laughs> yeah, it left a memory. <laughs> it was just a big old whelp. Yeah, but that's—I mean—that just being able to remember that, yeah, draw that sound yeah. into it. Yeah, totally. It's interesting because even just focusing your attention and energy on that spot. Um, it makes a difference. It makes a difference yeah. in how you think and how you perceive. Yeah, you know, almost immediately. I let the ocean of the universe just—if I can just feel the pressure of it all flowing in there, man—it's right. like a white pinwheel of lightning, just like slowly rotating right there. That's what they say it should be. But yeah, it's colored. You know, it's it's colored lightning. Mine's right? always—it's silver, always. Always silver. silver. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is that in my experiments, starting you know as a teenager. So with, you can see, can you see that stuff really? Because I, I mean, look, I've gone off the deep end many, many times, yeah. and I can feel it. I can yeah. feel the energy, the chi, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, whatever mm-hmm. your vocabulary permits. Yeah. That kind of energy that resonates through those yeah. focal points, which I think you know makes some sense to me, the chakras, mm-hmm. and I can feel that, but I could never see it visually with my eyes. Yeah, it's I. I have, I do. Like, but it's one of those things where, um, with the eyes open, um, no. But like I could close my right, eyes right. and now see just that spinning pinwheel thing. Um, and any of the, I mean, I've been doing meditation and 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 uh, uh, those type of things for you know like over fifteen years. And you know, I'm not. I, I'm getting a lot of great results. You know, I've never even still when they say like. Oh, you should feel a red light in your, you know, your sacrum. You should feel a blue light in your throat. Like I've never mm-hmm. seen or thought of that. And I think that perhaps that that could be, you know, an intention, more of an intention type sure. thing, a focus. Um, I have in meditation uh, the deeper, like an eagle gaze type of meditation, where you're focusing on a point while you meditate. Particularly, like I light a candle. It sounds so intense when you say it out loud. I light a candle and stare into the flame while meditating, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it will, as I get into the zone, will actually start stretching and getting wider and taller and wider. And the it really it does something weird about like, and it could be your eyes focusing on a light well, or something. There's but, uh, there could be some weird stuff. I know with what they call soul gazing or eye gazing, mm-hmm. where you look into another person's like into the pupils of their yeah. eyes for long enough, and yeah. you'll see that person start to morph. Have you ever tried that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, in some the, crazy do it in the mirror. And do it in the mirror, yeah. too, yeah. and you'll <laughs> see yourself. And, <laughs> and really, everything else gets kind of out of focus and weird, except yeah. your pupils are like crystal clear, and, and then they'll start to morph. I did that the other day. It was like two days ago. Nice. And I could see my eyes getting like big alien, like almond-shaped yeah. eyes and all pupil, and it was I could see fully other beings looking at me yeah. in the mirror. I was like, whoa. It's like the beings within yourself. But yeah. I, I got so that. So what do you think that is, man? Do you think that is um, perhaps some other, you know, carnations of our, yeah. of incarnations of our former, you know, our soul and different beings? Or do you think that's primal elements within inside ourselves or just our mind making shit up? I think that the membrane between realities is so thin and so easy to puncture, mm-hmm. uh, th- but people spend their whole lives without breaking through that membrane. Mm-hmm. And 
they're so simple to manipulate. They're so easy to slide in and out. Way easier than they're, you think. They're, it's incredible. You, well, you can do breathing and you can you can yep. push through those things. Yeah. So I think that focus, just focusing your mind and getting the electrical impulses and all of the flow of your brain to uh, focus in the proper direction, you can push through those type of things. You know, and, and that's what I talk about in that in that video that actually you helped me make. So everybody, nice. shout out if you've seen my psychedelic experience <laughs> video. Uh, the reason it sounds as good as it does is thanks to Corey. Yeah, and of course I had a great video editor as well to help me on that. But yeah, as I was talking, um, so many ways to get there: fasting, breathing. Um, you know, even sometimes it just happens. You get these. DMT natural dumps that just happen mm -hmm, mm -hmm. automatically when people don't know. And that's what they think is accounting for a lot of these alien abduction yeah. experiences when the aliens aren't actually abducting people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, I, uh, last night with my friend, yeah, can, can you have, love, yeah, love yeah. some more of that? Uh, last night with my we're just rocking some uh look at this cool fucking <laughs> teapot this is this is what's up in the new office it's fucking fancy teapots it really what? is hollow and there's some of that gold we talked about it's a shame yeah, it's yeah, not wood exactly. but, uh, i will uh, next time i that's why i'm talking so fast by the way is because of this this tea man yeah Watch well we're always. at the end of it so <laughs> and we'll i had to, we'll to call in the tea double, double espresso before it came and now i just uh, so you know i'm I'm on, but uh, so last night, uh, my friend and I, we tried to watch the Serious Disclosure <laughs> movie. Oh, someone sent me that. Someone sent me that shit. <laughs> you failed? <laughs> it didn't work? I'm judging by your laughter that it was not a success. I got an hour into it. <laughs> That's That sounds like an accomplishment. It, it was more my friend was like, dude, we should just That's come on. Let's try. He's being open-minded about it. We got an hour into it. and then I, Is that the dog star? I tapped out. Um, well, Sirius is the dog star, but it was Dr. Greer's uh, movie. I don't know who that is. Who's oh, that? really? Oh, Stephen Greer. He he uh, <laughs> he's he's a dude. That, he's a uh, dude. Yeah. Does um, he know things? He he says he does. Yeah, he <laughs> says he does. Um, I, I one of the greatest, and I'm not gonna. You know, I don't want to talk any shit about anybody. Uh, it, I didn't enjoy. I enjoyed it on perhaps the level that it didn't intend. Uh, right. I enjoyed it from. More of a Tim unintentional and, comedy, kind of a Tim and Eric type of, uh -huh. of angle, um, but uh, I, the, there's a great point that sums up the entire hour of it that I watched. They were talking about, uh, you know, aliens and disclosure, et cetera, et cetera, and they said that one of their people and their crew uh, asked the Dalai Lama about aliens and said, "What do you think about? Here's all my data. You know, mm -hmm. what do you think about the aliens?" Do you think that they exist? And the, he said that the Dalai Lama said, if you believe it in your reality, then it exists. Okay, they took that as, yeah, that means it exists. You know, the Dalai Lama just confirmed. He said, yes, it exists. But what he was saying, and I think that this sums up the entire documentary and all of the thoughts I've heard come out of that camp, it's just the notion that he was talking about your subjective consciousness. Right. You know, if you believe in something in your subjective consciousness, it's it real exists. to you. Yeah, it doesn't it's have to, to you. exist right. in objectivity. Yeah. But then you see something like I saw, <clears throat> there's this one, I forget what it's called, but it's just like two hour documentary. And it goes through <clears throat> a lot of like the Air Force pilots and these Navy captains and all these just really gritty, salt of the earth people. Like, look, I didn't want to see this shit, and mm -hmm. I don't want to even talk about it. But this is what happened, and I got—I'm getting old now, and I want to tell you what the fuck happened. Yeah, you know, and and those people to me, it's like they're not getting anything out of this. Yeah. you know, that this is not what they like to do. Yeah, and those those reports tend to be 
pretty convincing for me. And, yeah. and then there's another one from the, it was like the governor of Arizona who came out. Remember there was those lights over Phoenix or whatever? You know, like Arizona that? is well known for its, uh, <laughs> its yeah. truth and steadfast thinking. Yeah. So <laughs> the governor was, came out and they made it, you know, there was those big lights over Arizona and they made yeah. a big spectacle out yeah. of it. Like he paraded this mm. fake alien yeah, out there. They have that in the, in the serious thing actually. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, you know, whatever. And then he's like, then he comes back on the show. Yeah. And he's like, "Look, I'm sorry. I was. I actually went out to an elementary school, and I was there, and I saw this thing hover silently over me, the size of a football field. Yeah, he's like I fucking saw it. Yeah, and you're like, whoa. You know, that doesn't help his political career. Yeah, he had Bivol. He brought Bivol out there first. Yeah, <laughs> some Chappelle show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I mean, the, the, the my problem with it is my main other than just the absurdity of it is is the, uh, <laughs> the absurdity of what the the documentary or the phenomenon um the documentary okay is uh the tone of the right. documentary it is fucking ridiculous like man. just cocksure uh, yeah no well, it's 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 cocksure <laughs> it's headstrong it's <laughs> headstrong and cocksure <laughs> it's cocksure and headstrong now it's a uh, it's the tone of a man you, you can make a documentary about stuff you can make a documentary about things that are metaphysical or or you know phenomenons which seem to exist outside of the realm of normality but if the tone you set for your your delivery of your information is a bunch of John Williams type of strings in the background and some yeah, yeah, lots yeah. of lots of drums, lots of this stuff, like Yeah, yeah. And and the narration is and then the blah 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 da, da, and lots of haunting little silly right, corny right, type right, you know right, musical right. moments and that's all pressured and driven up and like they they can this ominous like scary type of tone about it that's like that trying to make it all unsettling and pressurized. It's like what are you doing? Why are you talking? Why are you delivering information like that? <laughs> right. You know, like I was just thinking if I was thinking last night while I was watching it, that if you watched like a documentary on World War Two and it was all like you watch those, it's like, here's some grainy footage. And they're like, yeah. And then here's what happened is that, you know, that Belgium, France, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then eventually Hitler died. And then, and then there it was lots uh -huh. of death. <clears throat> but if they were like, Dum. You know, in 1942, <laughs> right. there was this, and then the strings come in. Man, man, man. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be like, this is ridiculous. What are they doing? Right. But at least it would be based on facts. It? Yeah, it gets even exactly. sillier when it's, it's like, based on speculation. Yeah, yeah it's like, why is it, yeah, why did they like, package this like this? Just putting, as, as Rogan would say, putting too much English on the of people. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So the it's like, dude, you got <sighs> and, and that's a shame, so too, because hard. that shit will turn people off. You know, people yeah. will point to that and say, yeah, look at that. That's bullshit. And then they'll discard the whole thing. And people, have a tendency to as the old expression goes you know throw the baby out with the bathwater. you know i mean just find some excuse to say oh yeah look the whole phenomenon's bullshit because you know listen to these kooks who yeah. believe everything you know sure. it's like they're not well you know everybody goes too far generally as people you know so if if the phenomenon is true to a certain extent there's going to be people who go way off the yeah. deep end say they talk to them get these long histories and nonsense which yeah. is purely probably some act of fiction either yeah intentionally or yeah. unintentionally no it's it's that but. thing of a you know people it, it, people that don't understand the nature of being want to uh you want to be special yeah These people just want to be special they want to be the one with the information they i, I figured this out you know, put some cameras on me let me talk about this let me run my mouth and it seems like the key thing is you got to get the ego out of the way. You know, yeah. you got to, you got to, the people who are doing the real work, 
you know, they just feel like that's what they're there to do. Exactly. You know, they don't take any of this big bluster. And the people that annoy me the most are those spiritual types, those pseudo spiritual <laughs> yeah. types that it's, just it's tough, man. They, you know, they clearly have their ego firmly ahead of their work and they're taking sure. their, you know, they're self-important because of it and almost condescending to people. You well, know, they it have to be. It goes, it's a position of power. Yeah, it goes, it goes so contrary to what the message that they're trying to do. You can just yeah. feel the condescension emanating yeah. from them. I know people like that. And it's like, uh, do you really, you know, you go to like, for example, my ayahuasca shaman, I think is the perfect example, is Maestro Orlando Chuandama. The most humble dude, you'll see him in the, in the, you know, cafeteria area, not really cafeteria, it's just where we get served food and, and stuff at the, at the retreat or out in his, in the huts. And he's just laughing, having a normal time. He doesn't put on, put on the air of shaman and yeah. try to be mysterious. He'll fucking Good. throw on a ball cap and yeah. laugh and joke around. But when it's time to do work, motherfucker steps up yeah. and puts you in another world. Yeah, you know, and I think that's that's the really the way it is. You're not trying to be anything. Of course, anybody trying to be something is gonna you look phony. Be, you just you won't, won't be, be that thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah, it's that's it's like the uh, I think I said on other podcasts. The big, you know, it's Alan Watts quote: is the, "The biggest ego trip going is getting rid of your ego." Right. You know, and right. it's like those are some wise words, man. You know, and, and all those, I mean, as you said, you can tell if you're put, if you're playing the character, you know, right. if you're self identifying as this thing, then, um, you know, obviously you're, you're not in the, you know, you're not, you're not doing it right, man. You're doing it to give off the essence of that character and instead of just being that thing. And, it, yeah. it, and you know, there's, but there's, all right. So then there's a distinction to make, you know, between that and the kind of fake it till you make it concept yeah. where you're genuinely striving to improve yourself or improve your status and you're acting as if you were already there and to a certain extent. And I think there's some validity to doing that. Like, let's say you're not a very confident person uh, on the dating scene, right? Do, do some pushups. <laughs> do some squats <laughs> right we <laughs> definitely but let's say you're not that let's say you're not that confident you know yeah. but acting as if you were confident you know can actually help you become that confident you know or acting yeah. as if you were a great writer when you're writing do that but don't take that into your heart you know yeah. don't still keep the humility and you know put your belief and put yourself in that position but don't make it about your ego you know make it about yeah. striving towards something and altering your belief systems and actually pushing yourself to that. And I think that's a distinction for people because I'm, I'm about the, the fake it till you make it, mm -hmm. you know, like if you want to be a great comic, get up there and act like you're a great comic, but a great comic isn't, you know, going to, he's just going to feel like the work is flowing through him. Anyways. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that's a slippery thing that you're saying, but I, I know what you mean. You know, it's like you can't, it's all about how you wear that. You know, mm -hmm. if you go, it, and it's not so much, I think the fake it till you make it thing is, is a little tricky because it's not so much like you should go up there and act like you're Doug Stanhope, you know, and because that's ridiculous. Right. But what you could do is go up there and be like the best idea of what a comedian is in that time for you. Yeah. You know, and it's like, that's what that thing is. It's like, well, yeah, you know, if you want to be a musician, then start writing music. Right. You know, start like sit down and just start trying to figure it out, figure that thing out, figure out how it all works and put it together and, and do your research. But don't 
you know, and it, but don't go out and go, oh, I'm a musician now. Right, you know, like, right, this right, is great. Right. Hey, everybody. Hey, how you doing? I'm this guy. Yeah, I'm a musician. You know, <laughs> right, those guys, right. they, those guys, I just want to, like, you know, punch you. I want to, I just, <laughs> well, I had this new thing is that, like, anyone that annoys If Corey I, wants to punch you, that means you're, you're off. Yeah, you're, you're pretty off. off. You're off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I started, that's like, like, that's, like, one of the last actors <laughs> on your list. Yeah. There's, like, it, a million it things. Is. Yeah. yeah. It's true. I, I started thinking about this thing about, like, any people that say stuff like that that annoy me, just, like, Choking them until they fall, like put just choking them out. Just gently, know? yeah. Just just gently, just go to sleep, go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. And just their arms will just be, you know, just, <laughs> and I'll be like, no, it's okay. Like it's an okay. octopus yeah, slowly yeah. losing consciousness. It's okay. Just go to sleep. Try yeah. try again. Wake yeah. up. Wake up and try again. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, that stuff. I mean, the whole in the art world, man. I can tell you, in the music world, it, it's the the self identification parade is it's crazy, you know, um, <clears throat> because everybody. Particularly in the creative, I think realm, whether it be writers, you know, musicians, special actors, it's it's a it's a a strange thing that there's so much like culture and identity that goes along with it, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I, there's always the, the the people that are the most talented are always the ones that you never re- that they don't talk they'll about. Never even, they'll never yeah, even tell it's you. because yeah. they're not they're not trying to be a thing. They have evolved and bloomed into that thing, right? You know, and um, it's like I don't like talking about um, music or writing music or or even the technical side of music per se, unless it's someone that I know already, or it's like a, a, a way I can you know gauge the person's. Their sure. their put angle, to, put them to a yeah, yeah, exactly, and kind of say, okay, why are they want to talk about this? And like, because I never want to be that guy. Because as as my girlfriend always says, like, if I ever get started talking, I'd never stop. <laughs> right. And there's that too, you know. But but it's like you know, it's like wanting to find about like, okay, is this a appropriate time to talk about my discipline right now? And uh, you know, but we're all you know, we're all looking for identity. Yeah, um, that's that's a good. I mean, it, that's the tr- most tried and true test, though. And yeah. I think I've I've mentioned this before, but it's worth reiterating. When the the true masters are not going to let you know first yeah. off, right off the bat, that they're masters. Like it goes, it's down to as trivial a thing as ping pong. Yeah, you know, like I play. I grew up playing my whole life. Played with my brothers, my mother, whatever. So my, you know, I can I can play a bit, but. So when people come up to me and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking nasty, bro. I'm going to kick you out. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll play. You know? Yeah. Sure. I'll play you. Yeah. That's fine. But the people who are like, yeah, you know, I've, I've held, a rat, held, held a paddle every now and then. Those are the people I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's going to be on. It's going to be a war. And so something as trivial as that to anything else, whatever, whenever you meet <clears> a master, to even fighters, you know, like. Yeah. So there's some exceptions where they're real, just troubled, fucked up people. But the real masters, most of them across the board, they're going to be the last persons to be aggressive. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. and let people know, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm a fucking ass kicker. <laughs> I'm one of the baddest men on the planet. Yeah. Here's someone talking like that. You know, there's a good chance you can kick his ass or they're really screwed up in the head always <clears throat> yeah. to begin with. But it's across the board, man. Musicians, yeah. artists, athletes, even, you know, executives you know i've had so many people who are you know the first thing out of their mouth is they'll meet me oh yeah i'm the i'm the ceo of blah 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 and we had they'll hit me with some gross sales numbers like oh, right off nice. the bat that's I'm delicious like, How okay classy. Good, good classy. 
Good, good for classy. you. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start talking <laughs> about downloads. Hey, how nice to meet you. Yeah. Uh, here's how many editions I've sold out of my records. <laughs> check iTunes. You know? Yeah. I got uh, eight albums up there, you know, right. so, uh, you know, check them. Oh, by the way, people, check out iTunes. <laughs> 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 I got, you know, type yeah. in Coriander. I got a lot of albums. <laughs> um, that was a little bad. peeling of reality right there. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the reason why it, it, people that, that, feeling the need to talk about their discipline as a as a starter uh it's because the discipline isn't hasn't they haven't hasn't become uh like an instinct yet they haven't yep. become them and so it seems like something to need to talk about you know it's like uh i think that once you go on the path and you you know put in the ten thousand hours or whatever and you you learn your discipline and uh you, you become that thing where it becomes inside of you. It's not something that needs to be talked about because it's inside of you. It's just a part of who you are. You know, I've like friends, I've known people for a long time and never even talked about music, mm -hmm. you know? And then whenever I do, then they're always like, wow. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, oh yeah. Then you bring out your 49. Yeah, then I bring out my 49, 49 string, string instrument and get crazy. No, but uh, <laughs> I just keep it behind a curtain, you know? And so <laughs> I've got a little remote control. I can like click Oz. it and the curtain comes yeah. back, you know? But um, but no, it, it's just because it's like, and they're like, why didn't you ever talk about this, you know, before? This is interesting. I said, oh, because I don't like, I just, it's like brushing your teeth. You know, I'm not, you're not going to go up to everyone and say, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Nice to meet you. I brush my teeth twice a day, <laughs> you know? And it's like, oh, great. It's like, well, that's something that you do. You know, I think that a discipline is like that very much, you know, it's like, it's just something you do, you know, it's, um, and to. That's it. You know, I, it's, um. So, so what about for the people who haven't, who haven't, you know, kind of reached that level? I think Robert Greene's new book, Mastery, is a good place to start. <clears throat> Stephen Pressfield's War of Art, uh, Turning Pro, talks about that. But I think, you know, I just did a podcast yesterday, and, you know, we're talking about a lot of people making the mistakes on the path. But let's say for the, those individuals listening who haven't found their path to mastery yet, you know, I, and I think, I think the key thing that I can, that I can, draw back to and it's everybody says the same thing and i think it's because it's true you know i tried a lot of different things and nothing brought me to the level of success and fulfillment well first of all fulfillment but then success followed as doing something that i was really passionate about you know you got to find that thing that you love to do you know and at some point you must have loved sound and music <laughs> yeah okay. you know just that and then so you developed your career based <clears throat> upon that love for me you know, I've loved health, fitness, spirituality. On it handles the health and fitness, and I get to push everything into that part of my passion. Mm -hmm. And Warrior Poet handles the philosophy and the spirituality. So it, you know, it's easy to, it's just like the wind turns from your face to your back exactly. at that point. Yeah. You'll be fucking shocked. I yeah. mean, and even still, like, because, uh, you know, some traditions say you're working in your dharma or you're working in your power, or you're working in your passion whatever you want to say about it, when you're in that, in that mode, you know, pieces will just come to you. You know, allies will come out mm -hmm. of the woodwork like yourself. You know, you just <laughs> yeah. appear to help out the process when you're doing the right thing. And then when you're doing the wrong thing, you can count on some fucking headwind. Yeah. And it'll be headwind that'll amplify until it takes you down. It seems like every time, that's very true, it seems like every time I come to the on office, there's audio issues. You notice that? Yeah. That's weird. Weird. 
<laughs> You're so weird, man. <laughs> uh, I, I think that you have audio issues. We have permanent audio. Like, Dude, won't you... Uh, Corey, no. Yeah, won't you come over, that's man? That's the wrong... That's a good hypothesis, right? <laughs> the real hypothesis is we have constant audio issues. Yeah. So when you come... There's always something, something to do. To do. <laughs> yeah. You could come yeah. randomly based yeah. upon a random number generator. You'll find us with audio issues because we're a bunch of monkeys here that sell actual kettlebells yeah. look like monkeys. I we like, can't handle these uh, equipment. Also, here. I see some other of the I'm not, the kettlebells over there, some prototypes. I know, yeah. Dude, those things look amazing. Yeah, they're those, sick. There's those a, cool. People don't even know about those things. Yeah. I, leaked the, yeah. uh, I leaked the gorilla, but they don't oh, know cool. about the other six of them. The other there. ones are amazing. Yeah. They make me want to th- pick up their handle and throw them away from me. <laughs> And then they'll keep coming back, and I'll keep throwing them away. Oh, that's a that's like a, that's a hint. Yeah, that's yeah, a hint. Exactly. Oh, I so, like that. I like that. <laughs> Way to drop that subtly, oh, Corey. That's, that's how I like to do it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But what you're saying is right. And the the trick is that um, whether it be music or fitness and, and health and whatnot, uh, is that it's the thing, the way to identify your passion. That's a real real struggle for a lot of people. I think I know a lot of people who are very smart, uh, open minded intelligent and aware people but they don't they're not sure what that thing is that they need to channel right. their energy for and i think that it's the thing in your life that you can't not do you can identify something. what if that's masturbating then you need to be a professional masturbator my friend <laughs> but you figure out a way to market it you know <laughs> you know so i i agree with you i think that's a very good guide the thing that you can't not do but a distinction between your passion and your pleasure I think needs to be made. Oh yeah, of course. Because <laughs> yeah, of course. because yeah. you know, in sure. I worked, you know, I worked with Fleshlight and yeah. that there's no good way to fuck up your enjoyment of pornography, you know, the whole scene, masturbation, the whole the anything that you thought was, ooh, this is cool and exciting, than to actually work in that industry. You know? Yeah, because reality the reality is I mean <laughs> I was yeah. talking about and this. And it just, it just ruins it. Yeah. You know, it's the same as the people who, let's say, oh, man, I love going to the club and getting mm-hmm. my freak on. It's ridiculous. And then, okay, be a fucking club manager. Yeah. And see how much you love the club. Or just that. turn the lights on during while you're at right, a club. Right, <laughs> But you're always wasted by that point anyway. So it's like, yeah. yeah, whatever. I don't remember that. But, yeah, I mean, the people who work in the industry, yeah. it gets not fun anymore. Yeah. You know, of so course, yeah. when you're thinking about your passion, don't get it twisted and confused with your pleasure your, dis- your distraction for some silly reason i thought that was didn't need to be said but uh but you're right it's a good point people do need to <laughs> well you ask people you're like oh what do you love to do well you know i love to, talk, uh, love to hit on bitches and i love to you know <laughs> drink and i'm like no that's not it that's not what we're talking about here i guess I mean, I maybe have a specific if you like love like craft beer you know yeah, and I do. like you yeah. love like the intricacies of that well maybe you should be a brewer so i'm not yeah. saying it couldn't be an alcohol or Maybe if there is some element exactly. of sex, you know, like I love whatever this aspect of this it. is right. Yeah. Explore it. That could be your passion, not your pleasure. That, that's mostly the way it goes is that you find out what your pleasure is and then you figure out a way to turn that into a passion. That's what I did is that right. I always liked making music and I always worked on music. And then uh, it, it turned out that like people like the sound of my productions and they're like, dude, that sounds really good. And that's just when I was using a laptop, like before I had a, a real studio and they'd be like, that sounds, that sounds cool. And then people started going like, dude, can you like take, can you, whatever you're doing to your music, can you take, like take my music and do that to it? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, yeah, sure, man. And I would just do it because I liked it. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah this is cool. Like I like making stuff sound good. Like I've always been really into that. And uh, so then I was like, maybe I should like try and 
you know, do, and so that was where I started realizing, like, whenever I started getting, like, more and more and more people, friends that were also composers and musicians asking me, can you help me, you know, do this? Or, like, someone making a short film, can you help me with the audio, make it sound good? But, yeah, sure. And I realized, oh, wait a second, this is where I can get my, my you know, pleasure and my passion, you know, working for me here. Yeah. It's like, I can do that thing. So, you know, I figured out how to do that all professionally and, yeah, there it is. There you go. So it's finding a path, you know, a pro- professional path within your pleasure is yeah. like, yeah, that's, it, that's, that's it. Doing. You know, within your passion. I think you know. Also, sometimes as you're figuring it out, you know, because I liked, I liked writing too, but that wasn't my so my career choice to be a professional writer at that point was you know I had people telling me that well you love to write, and I was like but yeah but that's just a fraction of what. The writing is an expression of what I like to do, and that is to move people, to inspire mm-hmm. them, to create effect. Writing just happens to be my paintbrush. That's yeah. what I'm better at yeah. than, you know, so it wasn't for me the the craft of, of writing so much that, and I do want to be a writer to a certain extent, but that wasn't the, the direct right choice. But is it an element of what I do? Absolutely. You know, I'm writing all of the text copy for On It. I'm writing for Warrior Poet, and eventually I'll write some books. Yeah. So there's a lot of different <clears throat> things you have to think about, you know, as far as what is at the core motivation behind it, yeah. you know, like what are you really trying to do? And is it robust enough to accomplish, you know, to really allow you to find your actualization as the best possible human being you can be? Right. And I mean, that's like uh, with anything creative, <clears throat> it's basically like there's a sensation in your head, right, in your sub- in your reality, your subjective worldview. And you need to figure out, and this is the whole process of creating art or philosophy or anything, is that you've got this this sensation in your mind. What's the best way to externalize it? Yeah. What's the best way to get it out of your body so that other people can observe it? And that's and that's you have to make that decision. Is that for me is ridiculous? In some ways, it is. I mean, it's all all my music comes from my philosophy, mm-hmm. but for me, that was the the language i could articulate the most yep, in yep it doesn't it's a very strange way to try and communicate that uh, it's not literal you know but uh it's it's the best way i could communicate what i'm sure. trying to say you know with, with that and for you you know writing is like is the same perhaps you know it's it's a way to externalize that idea but a bigger way to externalize that is by you know on it in podcasts yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, those, those or those little videos that I'm doing. Yeah, you know, that's a genre that wasn't thing. even in yeah. my in my head yeah. before then. But it seems to be a very effective way to communicate yeah. philosophy. Yeah, you know? you're saying. Well, first of all, I'm I, you know I write the script, but then it's not just reading it. You know, it's a full sensory download <laughs> yeah, of the message. Act it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so you know, everything kind of evolves. But in the process, while people are trying to figure that out. I really always rely on that Cyrano de Bergerac quote where he says, you know, when he was once troubled by all the many paths that lay before him, he decided to be admirable at everything. Mm-hmm. You know, so just work on being great. Practice greatness. Practice greatness at whatever whatever it is that you can do and it, while you're figuring it out. Yeah. You know, work on yourself. Work on, you know, your emotional, you know, balance and control and work yeah. on your discipline and work on yourself. Shit, if you don't know anything else to do, then maybe say, Ah, oh, fuck it. I'm really confused right now. I'm going to try and I'll just make my own health and fitness my goal for now. And just be excellent at that for a while while you're trying to sort things out and figure it out. You know, don't 
use the excuse of, well, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> to, to not put that same drive into something. You, you can just create something positive, whatever yeah. it is, even if it's not your ultimate <clears throat> goal, and just funnel that motivation into it because you're going to need that practice. You're going to need yeah. the practice of sticking to something and being sure. dedicated and being diligent. For, so, exactly. Here's the thing. Wait, our reality is a transient hallucination. And if you want to try and Co-created create hallucination, yeah, it's the, the, the yoga objective and reality hitting your subjective right. viewpoint. Uh, if you want to try and create meaning in that, what, what, when I say meaningless universe, I don't mean meaningless as in nothing matters. I mean, as in the hallucination of our, our subjective plane of, of reality, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to try and create meaning in a meaningless universe or a holographic universe, perhaps is a better way to say it, then uh, you should do so. And it's, all, it's your duty to do so. If you, if you, all of our bodies and our minds are like antennas. And if you happen to be one of the people that's tapped into a particular source, which is downloading something into your antenna, into your mind, then it's your duty to create that and put it out there sure. for the collective consciousness, for all of us, you know, for humankind. And so the point that you're talking about taking care of your body or, or, you know, drinking more water, eating better, exercising, any of those things, vitamin supplements, alpha brain, uh-huh. uh, any of those <laughs> things, then what you're doing in the long run is, is great because in order to, if you're delivering writing or music or, or art or whatever, or business, whatever it is, mm-hmm. is um, your antenna, the better and stronger and more in tune your antenna, the better signal you're going to be able to download it's from wherever analogy. the information is And the out. better you're going to be able to broadcast from. Yeah. So even if you don't know what you're doing, just take care of yourself and keep becoming, it's not even physical, but, it's, you know, it's, um, I hate the word spiritual, but... Um, Internally and externally, get as strong as you can, get as healthy as you can, and get sure. your mind, get as open to truth and your awareness as, as blossomed as possible. And then when it's time for you to to download that information that comes into you from the universe, then you'll you'll have the, the, the strongest transmitter for that information. Absolutely. You know, I think that's one of the, been <clears throat> the, the things that has been, allowed me to be the most effective antenna as I could is that the fact that the message that I send, you know, I can send a pretty esoteric, hippy-dippy message sometimes. Some of those emails you write to me at like 4 a.m. <laughs> really, they're really weird. <laughs> but, you know, I can, I can, <laughs> I don't actually do that. People <laughs> just making jokes. Um, but, you know, people can, people have a harder time discrediting it when they see success in the business world. Of they course. see the fact that I can, you know, play a basketball game and, compete and I can train MMA and I can, you know, this whole package is like, oh, well, it it makes it harder to discredit, you know, and and not saying that that's the path that everybody needs to follow. But, you know, the more well-rounded you are, the more people you're going to reach. You know, I can talk to someone who's dead against all of, you know, straight up atheist, oh, this is all bullshit, oh, spiritual bullshit. And they can evaluate me on all of my other criteria, the criteria that matter to them. You know, and then I can, and they can respect me on those grounds. And then all of a sudden, because of that respect that I've earned on those other grounds, you know, we can start talking about this other stuff and they'll actually listen to me. Yeah. Whereas someone dressed up like Sun Ra, you know, they're going to be like, look man. at this fruitcake. That's my man right there. No, no, he's not fruitcake. He's a genius. <laughs> yes. Well, but anyways, you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about, though? Do, the yeah. people who are, if you're in robes and you smell like BO, and, 
you know, you have a gigantic crystal wrapped yeah. in copper wire yeah. and flowing hair and you look like you're going to molest somebody. <laughs> Take then... it easy. <laughs> I don't know who you're thinking of. Who's <laughs> swimming around in the ocean of your mind's eye. That's like the epitome of the worst <laughs> yeah, kind yeah, yeah, of, you sure. know, front. And, and that if you're that guy, it's going to be real hard to talk to a stock trader yeah. about, you know, a psychedelic experience or expanding their consciousness or meditating really or something hard. like that. They're going to be like, yeah. Okie dokie. You yeah. don't know anything about my world, so I'm going to discredit everything you say. Yeah. And I think so, you know, becoming a well-balanced person is is important, you know. Yeah, it's it's a matter of like it, all of that shit, you know, all of the the your your opinions, your your takes on everything. That's all really skin deep, man. The thing that's important is is the the truth and the the position and malleability of where your mind is at. You know, if you're willing to be open and dilated and aware of, of in our world of ideas and willing to expand in your own ideas, you realize that even your own opinions are just that. They're just perceptions. They're, they're, it's this subjective, like, data that you've got. That, you know, and I think that any person that's growing is going to be constantly revising their reality tunnel. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's like, I, I'm not the same person I was uh, a year ago. I'm not the same person I was a week ago. I'm not the same person I was yesterday. I'm always constantly re revising my reality. And the more I learn and the more I observe in this world, the more I add to that picture and the more I can broaden I, my map. I just sent out a tweet, man. I'm shocked at how much I still have to learn constantly. Well, it's, the thing is, that it's, it's, it never will stop. It will never no. stop. And, it, and if it ever does stop, then I feel like it should. I feel off. like there, it should slow, no, but it doesn't. No, no, it won't. Because think about the... the we are, human consciousnesses are so funny... They're like little flashlights scanning through the darkness, just trying to find something, trying to find some information. And we're, the universe is so complex and so huge, there's no chance that we could ever download it all into our minds. It will never stop. It's like there's a, a, a Zen thing that says that you can't have all of the ideas in your mind just as you can't hold all of the water from all of the oceans in the world in your mouth. It's the same type of thing. And if anything, I want it to speed up because the better you get at understanding our world and the more open you get, the faster you should be able to learn and the more you should be able to assimilate information. And so... Yeah, but I'm talking... I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm talking about like fundamental analysis and understanding about yourself. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like but the, you're the big, The big... Yeah, but the big self-improvement pieces, you think you got that shit figured out for them <laughs> you got you got like the bulk of it and it's just fine tuning from there you know <laughs> Never. like like you Never. got like you got the engine right it's just mad oh yeah you, know, you gotta tweak the carburetor a little bit and the tranny you know you gotta get tranny <laughs> you gotta get these all the exhaust you know yeah. you gotta get all, all yeah. that working no. but, but there's like constantly fundamental overhauls yeah. of the entire car it doesn't that work I go through, like, like man i just still you know it I, I don't know work that way that, that, <laughs> i think that, it can though i think you can get to a point where you at least get most of the big picture out of the way, if and then settled, you work on if you've settled on your reality, if you've settled on your reality. But I do believe that there is a truth that is actually non-malleable. I mean, I I have kind of a platonic view of truth at a certain extent. I believe that there are fundamental truths. There's some subject subjective elements of reality, but there is like uh, all of it. <laughs> there, no, that's where we disagree. That's okay. where we just for me. We got to talk about consciousness now. For me. I think that there is a fundamental truth. Like one of the truths is the spirit exists beyond the death of the body. That's that's a truth. That's not subjective. But do you have any? What's your what's your like your provability for that? And I don't mean like you need hard evidence. Look, but like everybody how, gets that shit proved to them when they die. Yeah, but you can. I mean, I could. It's I can't. Can I prove that? If anybody could prove that, 
you know, then into with scientific rigor, yeah. then it would be accepted mainstream. That's still not an accepted yeah. mainstream, but there's all kinds of religious beliefs that are nonsense. But I've experienced it personally. And I've experienced yeah. enough proximity to that that I have, a, in my opinion, a justified true belief regarding that preposition, that hypothesis. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying that, this to my point about like your your subjective reality is within that you can identify that and feel and relate to that as yeah truth. but it's I don't think it's subjective I think that's uh, that's subjective and I was just uh, you know I was I went to a speech from Ralph uh, Metzner who, mm-hmm. who was in the conference and he's a brilliant guy and he was he was talking about the same thing the idea of death in our society mm-hmm. is infantile like the spirit yeah. goes on and he's and he's straight up he was straight up said in the conference he's like that's not an opinion that's a fact. You know, and and I was like, "Good for you. Good for you to have the courage to say that." You know, well, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, <laughs> courage to believe in your belief enough that you can say that. Right, right. Well, you know, at the at the end of the day, you know, the skeptic will say blah blah blah. But at some point, you know, at some point, we'll pass on, and and we'll I'll either be me and Ralph Metzer and a lot of these other people will either be right or wrong. Yeah. But there will be a right or wrong moment. There will it's be, not yeah. like depending on your belief. If you die and you don't believe that anything's going to happen, then nothing happens. Sure, or if you die, it, you know, some, there is going to be a truth that occurs. And yeah. I think there are these truths. Now, whether we can prove them or not now, that's a different thing, but that doesn't matter. But there are truths, and the goal is to get as close to those as possible in, yeah. the, in the main kind of working same with truths about you know there's truths about love there's truths about identity there's truths that we've been talking about ego and things like that those in my opinion are not just subjective what you know wiggly elbowy yeah. ideas those are there's some there's some, yeah, there, there's some truth to but they're to your own up. truths that's the thing no they're universal <laughs> truths i mean it's it's a philosophical disagreement but i think that that uh in the in you can believe all of those things. And I have certain believies. I love my little believies, you know, <laughs> I have them too, but I don't take them seriously. I take them very sincerely. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that those are my hunches that I have a lot of hunches about death, about life, about energy, about consciousness, all of those things, but I don't get too involved in them because I know that they'll change and that they're just my singular perception of what I believe to be a truth. And so, sure, you the, don't want to be you don't want to be stubborn. You don't yeah. want to be fixed and closed minded so to that. I, yeah, the thing is, that concept I see should evolve. The reality and all ideas that I hear, I don't believe uh, any more or less out of any of those things in a on a, on a, on paper. I have, like I said, I have my little believies that I love that I like to think about that I really like to, that I think and would put a little bit of extra money on are truths and and their hunches. But I don't think that any. Um, any any information that somebody has as a belief is correct or incorrect. Yeah, but we're it's talking simply, epistemology here. I mean, this is yeah. this is not this is not really exactly the point. I because I, I agree with what you're saying, but my my the point that I'm adding is that there is a truth whether you can there know is, it, yeah, whether you can truth, know, yeah, for sure. But whether you can know it or not is that's up to you and and what your epistemological belief is. Yeah, it's the but it's the fraction of. Like uh, it, it's the 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 tiny glimpse of that light of truth that you can get, and how close and how far away from you. I mean, that's going to be the meter. I mean, you, you look at like look right. At human that's con- fine. Like, that's like, fine. I, and yeah. I agree with you there. I just want to make my 
my point clear that at the end of the day, there is a truth. For sure, yeah, for sure. But and the truth may be that certain things are subjective. Yeah. That could be the truth. The truth could be that X you know, phenomenon is a subjective phenomenon. Yeah. But that's the truth there. Yeah, for sure. You know, like there is, you know, the but truth doesn't to, change. But humans are so ridiculously narcissistic and solipsistic that we think it has to do with us. <laughs> right. You know, all those truths have to do directly with us. Nothing right. else on the planet or the universe. And so you get so involved in like piling all this human stuff on it, you know, is that like, well, this has to do with the human this and this and this and this. And it's like, no, I mean, it's not about you. Get over yourself. Right. You know, you're j- it's about everything in this universe and on this planet. You know, if you look at like the human consciousness, is I love the Alfred Korzybski, the general semantists, the map, you know, the, the map is not the territory. The menu isn't the meal, you know, and so you've got an external reality that, that, that's out there that's the objective world outside of your mm-hmm. skin. And you're, you know, there's a cyclical feedback loop of your nervous system apprehending and perpetually absorbing information and data from that ex- objective universe. And within that, as you take the, the cyclical reading from the objective universe, it creates the electrical image inside of your brain that generates your consciousness. And that's all predicated upon the structural differential, which is your past experience and association and psychological reference to all of your past experiences in your life and all the information that you've read. So your entire consciousness is predicated upon past experience and in that moment in space and time of apprehension of your reality. There's nothing to disagree with. No, there is something to disagree. I don't think your consciousness is based on... I think your consciousness is a mix between that, but that's your mind-created consciousness. I think there's a spirit-level consciousness which you can access, which is not affected by all of these all of your personal life history. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's what I'm talking that's your that's a part of your scaffolding of yourself. Right. That's what, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is that the world outside of your skin and the world inside of your skin are two different things. Right. It's the map. And if you, with, Well, with, see, with, but that's where that. it gets weird cuz outside of your skin is in my worldview, <laughs> which I believe to be a truth, is a soul level intelligence. I fucking spoke to it for 10 hours. That's why I believe it. It's not yeah. just because I read it somewhere. No, it, I experienced it's out there. I spoke to my own higher intelligence outside of myself on yeah. my boga trip for, you know, 12 hours. So I know that part exists. It's out there for sure, but your your direct experience with it is you're still using an instrument to to look at it. Sure. And that's what sure. I'm trying to get at is that our bodies are like the way that a scientist looks through a microscope to see something microscopic. Mm-hmm. Our microscope, our microscope is our body and our nervous system, right? And our consciousness is looking through our body and our nervous system to see the slide of reality. True. And so that's where it gets tricky: is that people believe that the the slide of their reality is the truth. They believe that that's objectivity, and that's where all fights. All disagreements, all hatred, all argument mm-hmm. comes from is that. It's cognitive dissonance. It's whenever two conflicting reality tunnels are banging against each other with misinformation because they both believe that their real reality is their, their slide that they're reading through their nervous system. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like the you know, uh, menu isn't the meal thing or the map isn't the territory. You know, we're all, it, it's like a, a way I've described this before is like if you, if you think about your, your reality as a, uh, constantly expanding bubble or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And the more you can plot on there, the bigger that thing will get. Now, you know, if you hadn't spoke with somebody, this is to show that there's a difference between the world outside of your skin and the world inside, is if you hadn't spoke to a really good friend of yours in like a year that moved to another country or something, and you spoke to a mutual friend and you said, hey, how's, you know, so-and-so? And they said, oh, you didn't hear me? And he died like a week ago. You know, oh, really? That's terrible. 
So that whole year in your your subjective map of reality of the universe, that person was living. And until that moment where somebody told you and you assimilated that data into, into your skin, into your, your nervous system, that that person was living and then they died at that moment. Just the same as like this table. If there's like a mouse under there sure. chilling out the entire time, neither of us, it didn't exist in our realities until one of us observed it and it came inside of our skin. And so it's an important thing to understand is whenever you're living your life to realize that all of your worldview and all of your information is this subjective, even though it's connected to an objective thing, because you can't separate, you can't get your body. You can separate it. Though, no, no, no. You can't get your skin out of this. Right, moment right, of space right. So what, time. so in my perspective, I agree with what you're saying. And that's, that's a, it's a, a way to look at it. But, but from my but perspective, quick, quick, a quick tangent or a quick thing is to wrap it up is like, don't believe <laughs> I mean, it sounds ridiculous. Like, don't believe your reality is 100%. Like, you're making guesses. You're making perceptions. There are truths in there. But, like, it, when you're, you're feeling angry, you're feeling mad, you're feeling disagreeing with somebody, it's important to realize that you're both experiencing two different versions of the same universe. Right. I think that's obviously definitely true. But you're talking about phenomenon, in my opinion, of, of the mind. You know, and the mind creates these subjective realities. And in my opinion, the, the spiritual intelligence, the soul intelligence, accesses the true realities, the objective realities. Now, yes. does it not go through some element of your cognitive filter? It does. But, you know, just like in, in this conference, I was at the MAPS conference, they were talking about the mechanism of action for psilocybin. And what psilocybin is doing is it's not adding anything to your mix. It's actually shutting down yeah, it's portions. Of, it's the, yeah. shutting down portions of your brain. Yeah. It's shutting down the portions of your brain that have these created realities of, of nonsense, yeah. like racism, like sexism, like all of these other nonsense. Everything, all of that is created by a certain part of the brain yeah. they're finding. That's the cart. And, and you, yeah. you take one of those and you, you move the cart off the horse and you hop on the horse and go, <laughs> yeah. wow, yeah. and go riding over into the sunset. Right, exactly. And even even areas of your brain like depression, yeah. you know, they're finding amazing research with psychedelics and depression. Why? Well, because they're shutting off the portion of the brain that controls depression. So totally. you shut that off and you're like, oh, snap. You know, I'm actually not that bad off. Things right. are not so bad. What up, frontal lobe? Uh, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> and, and a lot of the psychedelics are acting the same way. Same with holotropic breathing, same with fasting. You're actually shutting down systems. And these are, the systems is where these realities live that cause these fights and conflicts and mm -hmm. wars and things like that. And it's allowing you to access levels that have a closer affinity with source and the truth that rides along in, you know, inescapably with source yeah. source and truth being kind of the same same idea source can have an energetic tone of course to it but there's truth in that other that beyond our own mind and i think it's key to try and access that as much as possible going back to like what we said you know tapping our third eye the third eye sees the truth mm -hmm. from the objective reality yeah you know it, the, the the higher reality the different reality that the two eyes that we have you know our ocular sight sees things from our mind's reality you know it's taking images yeah. it's creating it it's adjusting making computations for advantages and survival and sex you know and going through all that so it, it while yeah everything you're saying is right i think it's our goal and something for us to focus on is to make sure that we can occasionally get outside of our mind have a reality check and try to tap into truth 
Now, does that mean that every time you do a psychedelic, everything that comes to you is truth? Hell no. You know, you hear about people all the time who take acid trips and they get involved in a real egoic thing where they're somehow the saviors of the universe and blah, blah, blah. You know, you hear these kind of hyperbolic experiences. Yeah, some of this, some of this is, you know, work to do. Yeah, they got a lot of work to do or some of it is coming in metaphor and as they're coming through, you know, but it's at least allowing them to unload some of the baggage mm-hmm. from their mind. Even uh, to understand that there's, uh, that you can wangle your, your reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if that's the first step is to go, oh yeah, like this thing is malleable, you know, like, yeah. My and that's that's the point I was trying to make with the you know it, if Israel and Palestine both went you know what actually maybe maybe we're not like a hundred percent right and maybe you guys aren't hundred percent wrong maybe there's like an eighty twenty thing going down yeah I mean that would be a, a good step in the right direction you know for sure because they're both believing in their dogmas so strong that and they're wrapping emotions yeah, and yeah, uh, vendettas and all this they're packing so, so much shit in it yeah. they need to unpack that and they need to. It wouldn't hurt them to all shut down that part of the brain yeah. for a little while yeah. and, you know, have tea. Yeah, have some kombucha, man. So, yeah. you know, it all comes back to resonances. You know, that, that thing that's inside of us all that connects us all. You're talking about the source of the, you know, the, the internal truth that you can access. It's all resonances, man. It's all vibrations. It's part of this stream that, that is what gives us our life force. It's like we're all these little, these weird, like, meat tubes suspended in space and time, like, just kind of shuffling around on this strange planet. But we've all got this, this like, this, um, you know, electrical source shot up inside of us, which is giving us our, our life force. And it's that source and that resonance is where the source of all life and all energy of the universe comes from. And, and the, the philosophy of, uh, did we talk about Ha'aponopono? No, no. So the Hawaiian healer philosophy of Ha'aponopono is predicated upon that same principle, but they go even further in that the source, and this is kind of interesting, the source that's inside of all of us, we think of it as distinct, like there's a little bit of life force in us, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of life force in you, mm-hmm. yeah. and we think of that a lot, of, well not we, I'm using we liberally, yeah, yeah. but people think of that as different. Oh, that's Corey's source, yeah, yeah, no. that's Aubrey's source, no. and there's you know, there's over there, that's you know, Katie's source, and Ashley's source, and whoever whoever else has it, but really... Sunrise. Yeah, Sunrise <laughs> source, but really it's all the same thing. Of course, whatever yeah. that is has no place in space or time. Yeah. It is of one thing, it is the source. Right. So their belief is that if you want to change somebody else, you just have to work on that element inside yourself and, you know, go through the Ha'aponopono, which is a radical forgiveness and release of that element. And face tattooing. (laughs) (laughs) Hammering it in. Yeah. Yeah. That Um, could do it too. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah. I mean, it's, that's the transcending duality thing. Mm -hmm. You know, when you transcend duality, you realize that, uh, you know, another great Alan Watts thing is like, the you know the piece of land where it's your backyard and everybody's backyard and there's a fence there just because there's a fence there doesn't mean it's two separate pieces of land right you pull that fence up and it's still the same piece of land that's how we all are I and mean, it's like the life force in all of us is the life force in each other you know yep. uh and if you you know and that's an interesting thing about people with associations people that tend to become friends and like each other is that they're seeing it's this reflective thing where you're you know y- y- the the kind of grid of the personality that you have to look through and look between the lines to be able to see that source within somebody. It's strange how when you feel connected with somebody, that's that's what you're doing. Is like mm-hmm. your your two personality grids like mesh up in this totally. way where there's this window where you can like oh, and that's why you know for me anyway, 
I'm a different person with every friend of mine, you know, not dramatically, but in subtle ways. It's like I think differently. I talk differently. I like think a good escort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a philosophical escort. <laughs> 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 but it's but that's the mal- malleability of the nature of our of our energetic universe, you know. Yeah. Um, but once again, it's all about resonances. That's why music is so that's why some people like some music. We all have a different tune an, a different vibrational frequency of that life force inside of us. Yeah. And some people like certain things because it's like the, the crystal glass shattering whenever the opera singer sings. It's because the resonance of that Does glass, that actually happen, actually? Sure, yeah. It's because if... How the, gangster do you have to be as an opera singer to shatter glass? I'd like like ASAP Rocky to be like, oh! <laughs> yeah. Makes, that would be sweet. But... Uh, with wooden teeth. It's got it. That's a great line. <laughs> yeah. I love bad bitches. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got a fucking problem. What's it? Yeah. No, I love bad bitches. That's my fucking problem. That, yeah, two chains. He's he's trapped in a liveness bubble uh-huh. that he can't get out of. <laughs> that dude yeah, is, I love bad bitches. That's my fucking problem. I know I like to fuck. I got a fucking problem. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Yeah, he's, there we go. Yeah, he's trapped in a liveness bubble, man. <laughs> he can't. Two chains. So we need to help two chains get out of his liveness bubble and let that man relax a little bit. Yeah, well, he's amped up. He is. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. he's different. He <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love him. On currency, I don't know if any of you guys know who currency is, but. He's one of the best rappers alive. He's amazing. He's one of my favorites. He's got like 90 albums. And if you're not really, he's got, he's got like, <laughs> like 15. Like too short? Yeah. He's amazing. He's got 16 he, he's, albums he's, with me on the front. What? Yeah. <laughs> he's the best. But there's a great song with 2 Chains. If you guys listen to an album called Stoned Immaculate by Currency. There's a track with 2 Chains. It's super hot. Anyway, so um, back, to, back, to, yeah, back to what we're talking about. You know, it, it's all that, that resonance thing, man. And that's why some people like some, some type of music and some people like some type of art. That's some it. people like some type of personality. We all have our resonances. And what makes resonances stronger are similar resonances. Get in tune with people that are in your tune, and you'll create this harmony, man, and, and the strength will grow. That's like all my friendships. I'm very decisive about who it's I... A very, s- it's, a, it's a cool point you make. You know, you hear these things that you're the average of your five closest friends, and I'm like, yeah, maybe, kind of. I think that's kind of a real generality there's that's been going around a lot lately it's there's some truth to that but i think it's also what you're saying you can create something greater yeah. with people that you can harmonize with yeah you know well, and that, yeah, exactly it and that's, just redoubles the the amplitude of what you're going to be able to put out totally you know that's like all of my i was going to say is like all of my friendships that i you know i'm decisive about who i spend time around and they're all there's there's downward shifting friendships, you know, where you're always they're giving to them and they're always taking things from you, and not like phys- uh, material things, but you know, personal, philosophical, uh-huh. energetic type things. And there's upward flow where someone's always giving you something. But the friendships I like to have are lateral friendships. We're yep. helping each other up the mountain. You're growing together. And every time I hang out with one of my friends that I that I spend time with every week, we learn something. We grow totally. together, you know. And that's those are the friendships to hold on to and lock into. And, uh, you know, you can, it, it's amazing when you, you wake up and realize how far you've traveled with one of those people, you know? Amen to that. Amen yeah. to that. Well, Corey Allen, we got a little excited. We went over an hour. We're at an hour 15, but that's good because we haven't podcasted in a while. Right. We had to get, we had to unleash. It's the, you know? it's the deluxe edition. We had to leash some stuff. I'll have yeah. to tell you the next time about some personal experiences I had with Ha Pono Pono, but mm, we'll leave that for, for sure. another conversation because it's pretty had some pretty cool anecdotal stories to tell about how altering something in my own life has been able to have a seemingly causal effect on a 
totally unrelated individual. Yeah, we could wow. do a, we could do a whole podcast about about that type of stuff. Sounds good, man. Yeah. Well, we'll have to do it again. Thanks for listening. Sorry about the long delay in our podcasting, everybody. Um, you know, you know, podcast is always brought to you by on it. On it's got its own podcast now, so I'll just focus on repping on on that podcast. But check it out, onnit.com. Corey Allen, he's at Quiet Design on Twitter. Um, what's the best web URL you want to send Check people out to? Corey, C-O-R-Y dash Allen, A-L-L-E-N dot com. And uh, my new records, The Great Order and Pearls are on there. You can get both of those. Uh, the Great Order is now on iTunes, so you can also copy that there. So, you know, I would love you guys forever if you get on there and, and type in <laughs> some, it. some nice words in there about, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, how... How how that you, you make put, it happen? You put that record on and it exploded your third eye. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Explosions of any type are good, actually. Yeah, for when sure. You put that record. But anyway, on. it's all also there. check out check out my Facebook. I'm putting a lot of love and effort into my Facebook page. Um, probably slightly at the expense of my blog. I've been posting more on my Facebook than my blog. But check it out. It's uh, Facebook.com/slash/WarriorPoetUS. All right, people, mad love. Uh, I'll be hopefully doing a podcast with Joey Diaz coming up here soon. (laughs) So you should see that dropping right after this one. Peace.